Hey guys, and welcome to Smart Woman Read Romance, a book review podcast where we fangirl over all things romance. I'm Jessen. And I'm Juliet. And today we'll be reviewing Rock Hard, the second in Nalini Singh's Rock Kiss series. But before we dive in, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on your preferred podcast platform and please rate and review us. If you want more romance discussions, then you should follow us on our social media pages at SWReadRom and join our closed Facebook group, The Spoon Zone. If you'd like some podcast extras, become a patron of the podcast on Patreon, where we have extra content, including exclusive episodes, and give away free stickers, books, and bookmarks. A special shout out to all of our lovely patrons. You make our live reviews so fun <laughs> and entertaining. Yes, they do. <laughs> oh my goodness. So I have to tell a story. Well, first, before <laughs> I get to that story. Um, so during the quarantine, my dad was like, I want to get back into gardening. He had <laughs> done gardening before, but like... He just didn't have the right equipment like the first go around. But like this time he like made raised beds and he went to do cucumbers. And so we had to get certain lattices and stuff like that. So like he was way more prepared this time. Mm -hmm. Guys, it has been so amazing having access to like fresh produce like zucchini and jalapenos and other kind of peppers. That is awesome. Fresh tomatoes. Like it is Amaze balls, and I made the most bomb ass fresh garden salsa. Oh my it's god, so good! I was gonna tell you, there's it nothing so much different. There's nothing better. Salsa. Yeah, there's nothing better than fresh salsa and fresh. Uh, I mean, homegrown tomatoes. There's nothing better. There, <laughs> it is such a huge you know, the tomatoes difference. that he grows. They're insanely red on the inside. Oh my god! You know how a lot of tomatoes that you get from the store, it's like you know, Orangey. it's kind of white. Uh, yeah very light color these are like so red <gasps> and whenever i made salsa my sister was like why is it so red i'm like because the tomatoes are so red I'm like, they're like they're amazing yeah, they're made like from the sun no, some plants so or whatever amazing like yeah. very limited ingredients for the salsa and it is just the the best the best shit I've ever tasted. It's oh, <laughs> just God. so good. Yeah. <laughs> I love fresh chips cilantro. and salsa too. So that's like yeah. oh fresh cilantro is a must. And it's so funny. My mom does not like cilantro. She's one of those people there's like you either like cilantro or you do not. Oh yeah. I love and, it. Um I do too. I love cilantro. I think it's amazing. <laughs> and every time we have any sort of like taco night, I need it for yes. like my topping. It like completes my taco. Yes. But um She'll, she's like, she knows that it's necessary to have cilantro and salsa. So <laughs> Absolutely. Good because we're not not putting it oh in here. Oh my goodness. Now <laughs> it's like, I want to go. know that Ina Garden does not like cilantro? And I'm like, no. No. <laughs> no, but seriously, you seriously have like a gene whether or not you like it or that not. That is it's crazy. So weird. I, I'm, I'm like, I love the smell of it. I love it so much. <laughs> Me too. Whenever I took a DNA test, it literally on 23andMe, it was like, more likely to love cilantro. I'm like, no you're so way. right, 23andMe. <laughs> like, you were right. <laughs> that is crazy. I know. Yeah. So, and anyway, yeah, so Kevin is going to check out. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, so Kevin had a, a checkup with the doctor. And during quarantine, I have to say, yes, we have been more sedentary. And um, we have been trying out lots of new recipes with lots of carbs and everything else. But he had like his, mm-hmm. his follow up blood work. And oh, my God, y'all, he has um, 
high blood pressure, high cholesterol. Like the doctor said, you know, at this point, he put him on a high blood pressure medicine. He's just turned 50. So like, yeah, now it's time to address the, you know, not to say he's an elephant, but the elephant in the room. But we both have been getting unhealthy, just, you know, being at the house more and everything. So I said, okay, that's it done. We are getting back on our healthy diet, you know, which we eat more like paleo style, you know, less carbs, more protein Mm -hmm. meat and stuff like that. So I, it's awesome. I'm actually, I know this sounds crazy, but two days in, I already feel better. It's so insane. (laughs) I remember whenever y'all first on Whole30, how you said like, you know, it's always rough in the beginning. And then Mm -hmm. like the energy that you have once you like get over that hump yeah that initial one yes and i know that he um also had trouble with arthritis too and the diet change like helped with that it did and so that's absolutely insane to me his intense just like like a change in in diet it's crazy he has arthritis in his um joints and his knees and his ankles and he has swelling and stuff and y'all he's like (laughs) i mean he's not like super obese or super anything like if you saw him you'd be like oh he's just like an average guy you know with, with the dad bod you know yeah uh, you I know. Say he has an average dad bod yeah in which i like very much but you know <laughs> i'm just saying he doesn't seem that unhealthy but apparently he is and it's all comes back i know it all comes down to diet because like you said when we did this last time and we're being very healthy in what we were eating and more fresh foods not um preservative type foods and things like that almost within two weeks his aches and his joints went away it was crazy just crazy that's that's awesome so yeah so i'm it's good it's so hard to eat healthy in Louisiana, though. It is. It's so, hard. <laughs> so it's like no rice okay no etouffee okay no like i'm just thinking like i have frozen crawfish in the fridge i was gonna make like a homemade chicken uh, not chicken homemade crawfish pie i'm like i can't mm-hmm. do that now because that's all that gluten oh. i'm like i can't do that right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to mm-hmm. just like put all that off and do it more rare. We were to the point where we were having rice or pasta every meal, you know, every, I mean, every yeah. night is what I mean. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. and bread and lots more sandwiches. So now we're back to our salads and more um, fresh, less carby dinners. So feeling better, feeling better. Well, good. I'm so glad that you're feeling better. And I hope uh, I hope it means more writing time for you oh. since it's like so much more energy and stuff like that. Seriously, <laughs> I'm, I, there's like a fire under my ass. I have, I'm so excited about the projects I'm working on, as you know. Yay! It's so exciting. Yeah. It's so exciting. All right, guys. Let's talk about these books. So, as you guys know, we're huge fans of Nalini Singh. Yeah. In fact, our second episode of the entire podcast was on a Nalini Singh book, <laughs> The Sai Changeling novels. Those are absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. We love them. She just had a recent release in that series. It's ongoing. And it's phenomenal if you've not uh, checked those out. We have a couple episodes from uh, Sai Changelings. We also did an episode on her Guild Hunter series. So I was like, well, now we have to do her <laughs> contemporary series. Exactly. Because it's just so good. I just love Nalini Singh. She's one of my favorite writers. Yes. And um, I remember whenever the series was announced because she had always been doing paranormal, some some sort of paranormal urban fantasy. Um, both of her main series, The Guild Hunter and The Side Change Thing, were pretty, you know, 
paranormal heavy. Right. And then she was like, I think I'm going to do contemporary. And I'm like, what? I know. I was like, Ooh. oh, my and God. <laughs> this is around the time where I started exploring um, in contemporary. And so I was excited because I was like, yeah. oh, these are – I just started getting into contemporary too. Like I'm so excited that she, one of my favorite authors is going to be writing a contemporary. And I remember whenever this came out and for rock stars and I love rock stars because I love rock yeah. music and all that. And – I was so surprised by this second book, though, too, because, you know, this was a Rockstar series. This couple was teased in book one. They were kind of in the background, but this is not a Rockstar romance. It is a part of the series, but just because I think that everybody was wanting to know about this couple that was teased about um, Molly's best friend, Charlie, (laughs) and her boss. And so I was like, oh, so whenever this was the second book, I was over the moon i was like yes i have to see what that's all about i'm so in love with this book guys guys (laughs) gabriel bishop (sighs) is so hot anyway let me tell you about the characters really quick and then we're gonna go to the spoiler section so charlotte baird charlie or charlie mouse i love all of the names so (laughs) she is definitely shy she and Molly have both been through some past traumas, um, and Charlie definitely likes to fly under the radar. So one night whenever she's late working because she does the job of uh, someone else as well as her own job, <laughs> she's just that good of a person. She hears this noise. She's very scared. She calls Molly, and she ends up by throwing the stapler at this would-be intruder. <laughs> Come to find out, it's her new boss. And um, she is like, oh, way to make a great first impression. So this is our first meeting between our hero and heroine. And the hero is Gabriel Bishop. He was, like, the player on the All Blacks team. This book is set in New Zealand. I love rugby because of the All Blacks team. So, you know, I was already on board for this. Mm -hmm. But Gabe had an injury, which basically ended his career very early at 25. After that, he became a businessman. And now he's known for saving floundering companies and turning them back around. He is like a shark in the business world. They called him T-Rex. I love that. Yes, Charlie called him T-Rex. So this is sort of like... In Charlie's point of view, it's an enemies to lovers because he's mm-hmm. annoying and he's pushy, but it's almost <laughs> insta love for yes. me. So I love it. I me love too. this book. I want to start talking about it. So we're going to head to the spoiler section so we can do all those good things. If you've not read this book, go pick it up and then come back and chat with us. All right, guys, we're in the spoiler section. Yay, I'm oh. so ready. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. Gabriel Do you want to go watch the documentary yes, on All Blacks? On the All Blacks. Oh, my, oh my God. Gosh. I freaking loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Oh. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about this book. <clears throat> It was pretty teased in Rock Addiction that there was something going on between Charlie and her boss that she liked to – she called him T-Rex and said he was annoying. Right. And he, like, pretty much ate all the employees who weren't doing a good job, like, alive. And that's why she named him T-Rex and stuff. Yeah. And <laughs> he definitely gets on Charlie's nerves, but oh it's gosh. all on purpose. I love – I love how this opens. So, first of all, we have that – like, you already mentioned the – um. She's working late. This is very important, though. She's working late at night 
by herself. I think it might have even been the weekend. It might have been on a Sunday or it something. It is on the weekend. Yeah, it, it is on Sunday. the weekend. Apparently that company's open on the weekend. People do work, but only certain employees. Only certain people but do she's it. definitely she's definitely the only one there. Right, left. right. So he takes note of her, you know, working after hours and he's a workaholic, like seriously a workaholic that becomes oh, actually oh. an issue, you know, at some so point. Workaholic. Um so but and we and we so we jump from that embarrassing moment where she throws a stapler at the head of her new boss and to the Monday morning and everybody's on pins and needles because they're all getting fired left and right like they go upstairs and they immediately are gone and somebody boxes up their shit and they're shipped out so it's he is like cutting out creating pandemonium in the company right nobody's job is safe right he started with like the higher ups and management first and you know he's working his way down so everyone's kind of like waiting with bated breath no i just love that is so he is literally he comes in he gets rid of all those who are not doing their job he looks into the finances and finds out who's been like basically skimming here and and all kinds of things you know shenanigans going on is like you're you're gone you know but the coolest thing is, is he calls in um, Charlotte. He calls her in, says, bring your laptop. So she's like, well, I didn't know I'd have to be fired and handed my laptop at the same time. That's kind of weird. So she gets in there and he asks her a couple of questions. She immediately pops open her laptop and and just like spits out all the answers, gives her opinions on these different contracts on why she thinks, you know, this one isn't working or why, you know, we're being delayed or whatever's going on. And then that's that. And she's like, okay, that was weird. And then the, the next, the next day, Anya, her boss, who's been using and abusing the shit out of her. Anya's not even her boss, which is yeah, insane. She isn't that's her the boss. Part of it is she works in records and Anya is the CEO's personal assistant. Yeah. And any time the old CEO needed anything, Anya would basically pawn it off on charlie yeah. and charlie would just do it just because she just like well i can she's qualified to exactly do it. like she and anya's just lazy and she doesn't want to do it and basically gabe immediately <laughs> immediately notices <laughs> that in the memos they all originate from yeah, charlie's desk. scans to the very anya just opens them yeah anya just opens them and then resends them to gabe and yeah. so he's definitely nobody's fool he knows that he purposefully was testing Anya to see if she because he knows that he's like a terrible person to work for right he is a known workaholic yeah. he's exacting he asked for too much and so he knows this and so one of the red flags is that he kept telling giving Anya these tasks that should keep her busy but, but she's yet, like filing she's always nails. available yeah she's, she's always just... available when he called with a smile on her face and he was like something's up because no personal <laughs> assistant smiles at me because I run them ragged yeah and she has time to like make sure and her desk is like perfect and her hair's like she's like primping and stuff and like you don't have time for this shit if if you're doing what i've asked you to do she also has a thing for gabe you know because gabe is uh ridiculous he kept his rugby body she already told people that she would soon be mrs bishop like i mean she was spreading this shit around the office what a bitch (laughs) oh my god hate her (laughs) She's so out of her league, but whatever, Anya. Good job trying, but it was not (laughs) enough for the bishop who has had quite the reputation. But honestly, I'm just like, every time I picture bishop, it's just like the most phenomenal human being that I could possibly conjure up. And then every 
later whenever Charlie describes him coming in from his run and his like thigh tattoo. I don't know why to me that's so sexy. Was okay. So anyway, I definitely yeah. have the thoughts for Gabriel Bishop. So yeah. I can't blame Anya totally and completely. But but Gabe is super smart and he immediately promotes Charlie yeah. to. He kind of bullies her into the job. He's like, you can either because she is. Yes. He, there's an ongoing nickname. He he is T Rex and she's like the mouse because she is very shy. Yes. She's very shy just naturally, and then there's other reasons she's very timid, which we'll talk about later. But she immediately is like shaking, literally like shaking in her shoes, talking to him, and he's like, "Look, you can either take this job or you can leave. Those are the options. That, that other job you had is yes. no longer exists. So this is the yes. one I, I need you yeah, to do." It's redundant. Right. Mm -hmm. And so he kind of pushes her into, you have a choice, but, you know, either you, you know, get your spine together (laughs) and And he knows that she can handle it. That's the thing. And he also is almost just like annoyed on her behalf because she was being taken advantage of. And she's obviously this smart cookie who should have had a higher position. And so he's like, I want her to want this. And you know what? Charlie does Mm -hmm. step up to the plate. And I really love their dynamic because Mm -hmm. Charlie – she has so much potential, and Gabe immediately sees that whenever yeah. he meets her. The That first meeting after she threw the stapler and he was like, come to dinner. You need to explain what's going on, this, this, and this. And even though he knows that she's shy, it's insane. You cannot miss it. The way that she just cowers um, whenever she's in his presence and stuff like that. But he knows that she has the spine, and he is always searching for it always putting her in a position to like basically tell him to back the fuck off he's like waiting for it you know and he's waiting for the day for her to do that and i love that we also have these moments with um her friend her best friend molly and she's like you know molly tells her she's like charlotte you used to always tell me to be brave because she had had a horrific past you know to be brave and go out there and go for what you want she's like you need to be brave you know, and you are being brave. You you replaced Anya. You're doing the job, you know, and I love I just loved to see Charlotte's growth from mm-hmm. shy and she's still still dealing with the trauma. Should we talk about the trauma? Let's talk about the trauma. OK, I think that. Yeah, let's get that in, in a way. So um, there's going to be talk about um, sexual abuse and assault and trauma. So if you do not want to hear about that, then stop listening at this point and join us in about like five minutes. So um, so Charlotte met a guy, Richard, which Molly is renamed Dick, which I love that. Um, Perfect. Yeah. To give him less power. Give him less power. Um, in in college. And he was now, first of all, Charlotte also lost both her parents right before she started college. Her mother died of cancer yes. and her father died shortly after. It's almost like one of those couples that loved each other so much they couldn't live without each other. Do you know what I mean? So yes. so she's kind of a loner and she's naturally a shy person. And she meets this guy, Richard, and he's gorgeous and beautiful and like the hot guy on campus. And he starts paying her all this attention. And she and I love the way Nalini Singh does this, how she talks about again, it reminds me a little bit of the opposite of you, how in the beginning he was so kind. It's like the reasons I fell for him. You know, I fell sort of in love with him and 
I didn't see the abuse coming. You know what I mean? Yeah. Until she was in this Like trial. the little digs she would write off because, yeah. oh, he would he says he loves me. and But he's also giving backhanded compliments that aren't really a compliment and just right. chipping away at her self-esteem and isolating her. But she's not seeing it yet. She's yeah. not aware. And like a true, you know, psychopath, he definitely – I it's just insane to me like I watch all these documentaries about how mm. they are just drawn to the types of people who would make the perfect yep. victim and that's True. what happened to Charlie Richard zeroed in on her knew she was vulnerable yep. knew that she didn't have any family that would notice any of these changes right. like it was just the perfect storm unfortunately for Charlie and she got wrapped into this relationship right and even though it turned abusive and she tried to leave. It is very hard to leave an abusive person because, 100%. you know, they don't want to let go. No. And, and they're good manipulators. Escalate. They're good manipulators. They play on your emotions. Like, and when, when you're degraded or not degraded, but when your strength, you know, your self-esteem is whittled away slowly over time, it, you don't see it. Do you know what I'm saying? So that you start yeah. to rely on that person. I can, personally say that I had that kind of experience in college, not, not her experience by the way, but something similar with a manipulative type of guy, you know, and you don't, you don't really realize it's happening till it's almost too late and you're, he's got his hooks in you. You know what I mean? And so, and I, that's what I just found. This was so realistic. And Eleni Singh did a good job in not being overly graphic, thankfully, um, until we get, we do get that final, part where we discovered that when she finally broke up with him and he used all of his different kinds of ways to try to get her back and she refused he waited until molly was out of town broke into her apartment and basically um tortured and beat her for a whole weekend you know yeah um yes but thankfully molly called while he was out and there was no answer and she immediately knew something was up, called the police, right. basically lied saying that she knew that Richard was in the house. Like she mm-hmm. heard, like someone reported to her that Richard planned on doing this. Yeah. She lied through her teeth to get the cops to go to respond. Go. Thankfully, whenever the cops arrived at, the, at Charlie's townhouse, they actually saw Richard come back and walk into the house. So they were able to capture him. Uh-huh. And he's been in jail for this past five years. Yes. Um, and but she's so still recovering. Charlie, she's still like trying. To yes, get over. Charlie knows she's safe, but she's safe from him. But she still is hasn't dealt with that trust. trauma um, mm-hmm. as much as she should have. She did. I do like how Nalini Singh did this. She did go to a therapist, but this is the thing: not all therapists work for you. Mm-hmm. And but after that one therapy, um, not that one therapy after. Going to a therapist for a month, she didn't feel like it was working and she felt like she was wasting the therapist time. So she just stopped. And that's sad because she still needed to work through some issues. Um, but in his own way, Gabe becomes this type of therapist, kind of waking up Charlie to live again, yeah. you know, and not just be satisfied with, you know, scraping the bottom of the barrel. She even has this boyfriend who this is this Ernest. point. <laughs> Ernest always makes me laugh because she has this boyfriend who she's not even physically attracted to. 
and they've been dating for a year, <laughs> but they haven't been physical with each other at all. And he has never pushed for anything physical yeah. at all. And like he loves his model airplanes and she just like it's very boring listening to him. But this is what makes her feel feel safe. And yes. And so she's really not living. She's making sure that she feels as safe as possible and not putting herself out there. Um not being a risk taker, you know, she just wants to fly under the radar, right. but that's not healthy either. No, and Gabe exactly. is there to shake out and of so it. When he's I've, always talking about Ernest. I love, I calling say, the wrong name. I love when he discovers Ermine. Ernest. Ermine. Um, what other names does he use for him? <laughs> I don't even know. I can't even remember. Stupid. Well, I mean, y'all, he uses the, <laughs> the strangest names for Ernest. It's so funny. He always uses yes. a different name. Like, he's unimportant. I don't can't even remember his name. He knows his name, y'all. But- yes, he knows his name, but he doesn't like it because he immediately likes Charlie. Oh, he yeah. He immediately... He's attracted to how smart she is, how business savvy she is, and he just wants to get to know her what I think and I- see what's underneath this meek little mouse, yeah. you know, and persona think- that she has. Like she- we know she has claws and he wants to see them. Yeah, and I I love it when we're in his point of view and he's going on how he's he's like uh, day by day. Even though she wears clothes that are too big to sort of hide herself, he's like. He is so freaking attracted to her. He can't control it. And he, not he can't control it, but he's like, he wants, but he knows he can't be aggressive T-Rex Gabriel with her. He's like, I've got to coax her like out. To talk about you this. Know? I, I'm going to talk about how in tune Gabe is yes. to Charlie. Yeah. Because I recently read a book who... It wasn't the same situation. The The heroine was not an abuse victim. Um, but it was – she had this self-image that wasn't healthy. Right. And the hero literally did not notice it even though there were so many signs. He even witnessed her mother put her down again oh. and again and was like, like – not cluing in to the fact that this this woman was dressing two sizes too large um, yeah. to cover up her body because she had body issues. And he literally was like had to be told and explained like toward the end of the book that this was an issue. And I'm just like, how, how could you be so blind? Oh and that's God. one of the things that I love about Gabe is she didn't have to tell no. him that she had experienced the trauma that she had knew. physically he put two and two together. He knew somebody had hurt Charlie. The way that she would not meet oh, his yeah. eyes, the way that she tensed up if they were too close together in proximity, he was like, <laughs> someone must have hurt her. Someone that must have happened. And he even says yeah. this phrase that Richard had said, like, oh, don't give me lip. And she froze and he immediately knew that he said something that reminded her of this person that abused him. And he's like, I'm sorry. I will never say that phrase again. Like he was making her feel comfortable without her having to say I'm uncomfortable. You know, he knew it. And and I loved how he even talked to her at one point. I can't remember which point it was. He goes, um, basically he was saying, you know, I want you to tell me the triggers when he was starting to show her that he had more than like, you know, boss like feelings for her. And he said it without yes. ever saying, I know you, I know someone 
has hurt you. I know you're afraid exactly. of men. He just said, I would like you to tell me. Like, of course, no. he wants her to open up and talk to him about it. Yeah. But, but he didn't ask. You don't have or, to be yeah. a freaking genius to know, you know, yeah. to notice the signs of like, hey, this is a trigger. And that's one of the things that I love about Gabe is because he's so detail oriented and I'm just it makes the romance so much more believable. And yeah. He's so interested in Charlie and he's watching and waiting to see how to proceed right. and he's letting it go more at her pace because like i said it's pretty kind of insta love for gabe in the beginning he knows he wants charlie but once he realizes very quickly that she is uncomfortable around men and his physical you know he's way taller and way bigger oh, yeah. than she is and he knows that that's going to be an issue and so we have a time jump, like three months, and he's been getting her used to working with him, being in his presence. Now she stands up to him like he's always working late, kind of expects her to work late, too. But she's like, you know, I didn't have a lunch today. I'm going like now she's standing mm-hmm. up for herself. And I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love it. So I really like there needed to be a time jump. She needed to be more comfortable in a work setting. But now Gabe's like, okay, something's got to give. Like he tried subtlety. I really love how right. he gets Charlie to make his dates, like set up restaurant reservations <laughs> with these women and also order flowers um after date one basically it's like a breakup <laughs> like thanks for the date but we're not going yeah. on a second one and all of it was to see if charlie would be jealous that he was going out with women and <laughs> he's like she just keeps making these things these dates and not saying anything like it's not working but of course internally charlie's just kind of like grumbling like oh of course <laughs> he dates beautiful women and all these you know, leggy model types out. yes Come to find out, she was reading reviews for restaurants to see if there was, like, an <laughs> off night that was, like, from reviewers and, like, booking them during that time. Yeah. I loved it. So, she was actually jealous, but she wasn't outwardly yeah. showing it. So, I really like how Gabe started pushing a little bit harder. Um, whenever they went on a business meeting um, to another another town in New Zealand, he even made her pick out this bracelet for a girl. He was trying to impress. And <laughs> I knew it was for her. I knew it was going to be for her. Too. I knew it. It was like, Charlie. So she would show him, like, just point to random braces. Like, that looks good. That looks yeah, good. Yeah, that one. That one. He's like, no. No. And they spent hours and hours. She tried to take a sneaky picture of this beautiful bracelet, this <laughs> delicate, flashy bracelet mm-hmm. sent to Molly and be like, oh my God, look how pretty this is. And that's the one he buys. And she's so mad because she thinks that he's going to give it to one of his his women that he's not even in a relationship with and just like, oh, they're not going to appreciate it like I do. And yeah. it's just a very sad moment for Charlie. Oh, Charlie, just wait until you get this bracelet because it's obvious grinning like the lion that he is, like just hoarding his little yes. moments. I I loved it. So they they spend a lot of time going to like business dinners and business or you know, meetings and whatever, or in between they'll go to in between meetings, they'll go to dinner real quick because they have to go back to work because they're constantly working together. Um, which I think is awesome because he later says, you know, I need you around so I can seduce you. Like you have to be with me 24 seven. I think it's so funny, <laughs> but 
they have a dinner and he starts to get a little bit more intimate. Like he's kind of in her space and is sort of like toying with her hair and playing with her hair. And, but his hand sort of like brushed the nape of her neck or something. And she sort of freezes. And we know that that is a trigger for her because that's something Richard had done when he was abusing her. He would hold her hair, hold her nape, you know, of her neck. So that's like a serious like problem she has. And he realizes that, right then and there that things were going well, like they were both flirting and then she froze up and he's like, I'm not letting this, you know, I'm not letting this go. I'm not going to let this. Um, I, how did he say it? He said, I'm not gonna let this like stop our forward progress basically. Um, so he's kind of hinting around that um, and flirting with her a lot. And she's sort of like likes it, but at the same time, he he's always sort of talking about this girl he's trying to impress, like the girl with the bracelet, you know, like he's got this bracelet for someone special and she's like, okay, whatever, you know? <laughs> um, so he ends up um, asking, he wants her to teach him how to make this pasta sauce. He's like, I really want you to teach me. I'm trying to impress this girl and I want you to teach me how, cause I know you do those baking and cooking classes and stuff. And she's like, fine, fine. I'll go. Well, they pick up the groceries and stuff and they get to his apartment and she is, and he's being a little handsy with her, not overly so, but just sort of getting her. Yeah. Like the little brushes. Yeah. I have to say, this is one of my favorite scenarios though. Like let's cook dinner and like this sexual tension ramps up (laughs) because people are like brushing hands while they're like, oops, I'm trying to get this, I'm trying to get the salt. Like I know, no, you're I know. doing this on purpose, and, he's, and I love how and Gabriel's been. He's not being subtle at this point, no. and she knows. And he's like, "That wasn't an accident. absolutely." And he, <laughs> he's, he's trying so hard to get her into his lair, as he calls it. Like he wants her in his personal space, in his, in his home. space. Yes, and so she freezes right outside the door like she can't go in and he notices and he says he puts the groceries down he doesn't like go to her he goes inside and he gets um he gets some things of his niece like a little ball that they play with and stuff and he comes back and shows him he's like you know have i ever told you how my niece is? distracts her yes. until she's more comfortable and like purposefully makes her think about something else yeah. so that she can catch her breath yeah and then she's like she knows he's doing it and she's like thankful because yeah. she wants to be able to hang out with him. Yeah. And she doesn't want to be crippled by these triggers. She wants to get past them. Right. And, and the way that he instinctively knows what to do just makes him amazing. He is amazing. And he even like he walks in, he doesn't close the door right away on the apartment. Like there's an escape route if you need, you know, she just needs those safety measures you know at this moment because and we talk a lot we haven't talked much about their size she's very petite gabe is very large and she even notes much bigger than richard was you know so in her head she's Mm -hmm. like you know if he wanted to he could really hurt me you know that kind of thing is going through her head earlier on even though she knows he would not you know and so but it just takes exactly and so he's doing everything to show that she's in control that she can put a stop she can leave if she wants like he's definitely giving those signals but this is the point where he's like okay i'm being outwardly flirty (laughs) i can't let her keep thinking that it's not because i'm you know some other girl i'm just like ain't harmlessly flirting with her while I'm interested in another girl and I love that he makes that decision because he's like I can keep 
I can keep mis- misleading her to make her feel more comfortable around me, but I think now's the time to just lay it all out there. And so whenever he's like, whenever she asks about who's this girl that you want to cook dinner for, and he starts giving her description. It's great. He's like, well, she's about your height and has these <laughs> hazel eyes. And it's like all the all Charlie stuff. And she freezes and she just like, holy shit, he's talking about me. It's not only that. y'all when they start chopping up the tomatoes and stuff and he's like well what would you say like he said something about the things i want to say to you she said well what would you say y'all the dirty mouth on this man holy oh man moly he does not the things he he talks about how he he wants to bend her over the desk like Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's so hot yes. it is so hot all the time and i love how he's saying it he's saying it very casually from across the counter like doesn't approach her at all not even near her where he's just no casually yes this is what i want to do to your body yes <laughs> so just, like getting all hot and freaking bothered she's like where's your bathroom <laughs> and instead of like pointing her to the bathroom down the hall he points her to the bathroom up the stairs in his bedroom he wants her to go use the bathroom in his bedroom visualize like, stuff i need her bed. in my room you know <laughs> gabe you sly dog you. oh my gosh so they end up having this me like she finally gets it like okay I'm the one who wants. Yes. You know, and and I do also like how Gabe, not at this point earlier on, um, he does ask explicit permission um to be openly flirty with her because yeah. he knows that they have a power discrepancy because he is her boss yeah. and doesn't want to make her feel uncomfortable and feel like she has to say yes. Like he told her he was like you know, I'll, I will stop. All you need to do is tell me. Yeah. And I really like how self-aware Gabe is. Very that, much. You know, very he's much. in a position where he could definitely abuse his yeah. power as her boss. And I and think so it was, he's very um, much aware of it. It was easier for me to accept this relationship because this is a one-year contract. He comes in, he rebuilds a company, saves them, and then he yes. leaves. So it's not like he's mm-hmm. her yeah. boss forever. The fun is rebuilding the company, not actually staying with the company right. for a long time. Right. Like that's, he, He's the fixer. He jumps yeah. in, fixes it, and moves on to the next. Of course, project. he has plans That's to like seduce her and bring her with him. But <laughs> yeah, he tells her later. He tells later. her later. You're coming with me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, and he also lets her know whenever he lays it all out on the table. Like if you feel uncomfortable because you right. are, you know, my subordinate. Like I know another CEO that could use you. Yeah, but like I kind of need you close. I kind of want you close. You know. Yeah. I love how so, said, yeah, she, because she's like, but the option wasn't that he was going to quit. It's that she would have to be with another CEO so that he could still like pursue her, you know? <laughs> yeah. He was going to pursue her no matter what. Right. At this point and with that, she had a choice whether or not she would continue to work for him right. and she likes her job. She tells him that yeah. she's like, I like my job. I don't want to leave. Right. Now that she knows that Gabe is into her and attracted and she's accepting this fact she decides that she wants to tell gabe what happened yeah with richard so she it was on her terms she brings him to the park on the university campus Mm -hmm. and he allows her to talk about it he wants to break stuff and beat stuff whenever she opens up and tells it and she he even says you don't have to tell me all these details and she's like I really do need to. Yeah. And she opens up and then he holds her. She's crying at the end. And he 
also fusses because she t- says how she felt a little uncomfortable at the therapist's office that she felt like he was she was wasting the therapist's time and Gabe was like, yeah. I saw a really great therapist after I had my injury and she's like, you went to therapy? And he was like, yeah, I'm totally in it. Totally helped. He's really good if you want to see him. His name's Dr. Mac. Like, I can set up an appointment. I think he would help you. I really do like it because she obviously does need Needs to talk it. to yeah. somebody about it. She doesn't want to talk about it. Right. She doesn't want to talk about it. But she- Molly's the only one mm-hmm. that really knows the details, the only person. And she also just recently lost her best friend not lost but like she moved to the u.s right and so it's very far away from new zealand now she doesn't have that one person that she could always lean on you know at hand right um anymore and so it's very important for her to get to a place where she can talk about that and move yeah past she it. absolutely needs so professional really help and this is one thing i was thinking about gabe is that I love – so when we're in his mind, he's talking about his goals in life. He has never not achieved his goals. He is like a go-getter. Nothing is going to stop me, you know? And so – and we see that through – he ta- uh, he kind of goes through his career um, with rugby and then his um, – and to achieve his um, master's in, in business and all this stuff and to now he is a self-made millionaire or whatever – in this company that he has. And so now his goal is Charlotte. Like I want her, I want her to be mine. And there's nothing, especially not some asshole who has hurt her in her past is going to stop me. We are going to, you know, we're going to defeat these demons together and I'm going to help her. And so I love that none of this ever sways him. Even when she's like, I can't believe you like, she's thinking like, how does he still want to be with me? (laughs) Cause you know, she does have a lot of moments where they're intimate and everything's great. And then and then she goes into a panic um, anxiety attack. You know what I mean? And so. Yeah, exactly. And she just like, she tells him at one point that she's like, it's not going to work. Like, yeah. you should be with somebody who doesn't have all these issues. issues right. Who will, who will be able to let you, you know, because at one point he, um, she was teasing him. They were having fun flirting. They're being all sexy together. And she like turned around and like bit her lip and he like pushed back his chair and like was going to go approach her. And he did it so fast and it triggered her yes. and he immediately had to go sit back down. He was like, was it the speed at which I moved towards you? Yeah. And she, you know, nodded and she doesn't want to feel like that. She was enjoying flirting. I know. And she can't help the trigger. Exactly. And she feels like it's not worth it for him to have to deal with that, but he's like, oh, oh give a fuck. he gets like, pissed when she starts talking to so like that. He gets so pissed. When yes. like, yeah. And I love that he, he's just so smart. He's so smart in every way. Gabriel is such a believable character to me because we see his intelligence and in what he does, but then we see his intelligence and in how he deals with Charlotte, you know, and that communication is key. Because he's emotionally intelligent right. alpha male. Oh my God. Just like, they're not enough emotionally intelligent alphas that are written in Romeo. Exactly. And that's what's so sexy about Gabe oh. is he is emotionally available. Yeah. Not that he doesn't have his moments. We'll talk about that later because Gabe also has some issues in his past. Yeah. But he's one of the most emotionally in tune heroes that we've ever talked about. Yeah. On a, and on I love podcast. how he, like, when he openly tells her things that, like, 
fantasies I have and like knowing that she could never, ever fulfill that at this moment. But it's like benchmarks. We're going to get there, baby. We're going to get there together. You know, like, won't that be fun whenever we get to this point and we'll be able to do this? And like, he's making her sexually frustrated because she does have to get to the point where she wants to push through those types of things. She is the person who decides to move forward with their sexual relationship. She's like, I'm ready. And he's like, are you sure? I'm definitely taking you up because you're saying you're sure, but yeah. like, are you sure? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not going to stop you. If you yeah. say you're ready. You're ready. And oh my goodness. Oh, it's I just love. Perfect. Yeah. It's just I love beautiful. how you first, the first time he has, um, they have sex. He's like, we're going to have, cause they're at her, um, they're at her place. They had just, um, mm-hmm. been like, I don't know, doing stuff in the kitchen. And this is the same place that she was when Richard had her. She d- didn't want Richard to defeat her and, and chase her away from her home. And so, you know, she replaced all her furniture and things like that, but she kept her place. And so Gabriel, knowing that the bedroom may not be a good place for them to go, um, says, let's have chair sex, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> kitchen chair yeah. sex. Yeah. Well, first time. It is. And it's right You're there. So it was. And God, it was fucking hot. Y'all, Gabriel. Oh, jeez. It is hot. Jeez, Louise. Gabe, so. Gabe's just a master. He's gorgeous. Oh, I love it. Okay. So let's talk about Gabe's past because we didn't really touch on what happened to Gabe to make him so single-mindedly focused on being successful and everything that he did. So he has these wonderful parents, um, Allison and his stepfather, who he considers his real father. Um, his stepfather was big into rugby and um, he is of Samoan uh, descent and um, he was always a support system for Gabe and his brother Sailor, right. who Allison had um, with her first marriage with Brian Bishop. So Brian was this dreamer and he always was on these get rich quick schemes and he would take their, you know, grocery money and be like, oh, I'm investing in this. These stocks are going to skyrocket, basically. Mm -hmm. And it never, ever panned out. And one day, he decides to empty out their bank account. Even the boys' money that was being set aside by Allison, and he leaves and takes all the money and leaves them completely destitute. Allison loses her job because she can't afford a babysitter. Like they were in dire. Yeah. They were like going to shelters and things like that. Exactly. Eventually Allison meets Jacob and it was a completely different relationship. He's supportive and he treated the boys like they were his own. Mm. And she had two more kids and they were a big, happy rugby family. But that does not mean that Gabriel Bishop is past the trauma of his father abandoning them. In fact, whenever his father makes a, an appearance because he's dying of cancer right. to try to make amends, Abe is like resistant to the max about even entertaining a meeting. Like he is like, no. And even whenever his mom is just like, I just think that you should talk to him. And he's like, I don't understand why you forgive him. And she's just like, I can't actively hate him. Yeah. Like I'm at a happy in my life you know and i feel sorry for him you know it's not that i forgive what he did right it's just that i don't want to waste energy actively hating and the first like real fight that he and gabriel uh i'm sorry gabriel and charlotte have is over this because he snaps at her like it's none of your damn business like stay out of it you know and so she when she when he finally apologizes she says look 
this hatred, I, I want you to forgive him, not for him, but for you. You cannot hold yeah. on to this hatred. It is going to eat you away. And so this is the first time he's ever been confronted with this monster that he's been holding on to himself, you know, and mm-hmm. yes, it, it, it has driven him to this point where he is a workaholic. He has millions and millions and millions in the bank and in portfolios and investments and everywhere else, but he still can't stop. Yeah. Working. But it's like never right. is enough. Never enough. There's never enough because, because yeah. he needs continue working needs not the only feeling the, of safety right and being on your own and destitute it has it has scarred him so deeply that he cannot he works himself to death you know what i mean he can't not work right. and so that's the other issue that they have is she's like you have to take better care of yourself and he's like you need to stay out of my business you know but it's like he wants to be all up in her <laughs> business and help her but she can't help him exactly you know? and that's why she was like oh i see yeah. i see it's fine for you to push me right. to get over my shit. But as soon as we start poking at your shit, you want to leave it alone? Like, mm, no, buddy. <laughs> it's a two-way street. So if you think it's going to be this one-way street, then, yeah. you know, this relationship's it's not, not going to work. It's not. And he, it doesn't take him long to figure out that he fucked up and he needs to yeah. apologize and yeah. open up and talk about it. And you know what? It does make him more open to the idea because whenever Charlotte – approaches him says i really think like your father was just want to let you know that he has a treatment at the hospital or whatever mm-hmm. and it's gonna be at 10 o'clock and gabe ends up by going he and he just like seeing him as a frail man just be like i can't hate him i, can't, I feel exactly. sorry for him and no i don't have to forgive him but like i don't hate him And that was good for him. So I'm like, bravo, Charlotte. She got to repay the favor. Like, he spent all this time, you know, digging at her demons and trying to get her over them. And she was able to do the same thing for him. And I just really loved it. Because, oh, it's just such a partnership whenever they're able to balance each other out like that. Oh, it's so good. So good. So let's talk about – um. Richard getting oh. out of jail it has been five years and he got like mm-hmm. the minimum sort of sentence and he's getting out of jail. Um, yeah, basically they had a crap judge who d- did a it, slap on the wrist. Right. Whenever another judge could have mm-hmm. definitely prosecuted him harder. Right. Um, but yeah, disgusting. Right. Disgusting. It happens in real life, it, but it yes. does. So we know. So, um, so the uh, detective Lee contacts her and lets her know. And so she's kind of, um, uh, so she's kind of freaking out a little bit about her safety, you know, cause D- detective Lee says, if you're living by yourself, you can't any longer. You need to be, um, you know, you need to yeah, stay like with he, a friend. He's showing remorse. Like that's why he got right. let out just a little bit early because from the beginning he pled guilty and, said he was sorry and whatever. Mm -hmm. So they're letting him out and it's a lie. That's what Detective Lee said. Like that type of personality, they don't just get over this like type of thing that they had, you know, a desire to harm people. Like it's going to happen again. Right. And he's so used to winning as a manipulator. And he he said he's definitely going to come back. And he's had five years to stew over the fact that you put him in jail and that you think you're better than him and all these, you know, psychopathic Mm -hmm. type of, you know, egomaniac egomaniac type 
thoughts that these people have, you know, that you're going to need to be punished for it. And she knows she's like, if he ever gets me again, I'm dead, you know? And so, so, so we kind of have this back and forth because Gabriel's like, oh, well, easy. You're going to move in with me. No problem. <laughs> like, that's what's going to happen, you know? And she's like, no, I don't, I don't want to run, but like, I don't want to like make all my decisions based on my fear. And so she does, she worked so hard to get her independence back to be an independent woman. I mean, it took her time to be able to walk into the house and not like sleep with all the lights on. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it, she has gone through all this by herself. And so she ends up basically saying, you know what, I'll take a, what I'll do since you're, cause he said, well, my apartment building is very safe. We have, you know, a guard at the bottom. We have alarm systems and all this stuff set. She's like, you know what? You're right. So I think I'm going to rent the apartment. Like that's not as expensive as yours, a couple of floors down. He like huffs and puffs and is furious, of course. Yeah, because he's like, you don't have to pay money for any apartment at all. Like, just live with me. Yeah, I know. Like, this is, but of course he wants her there. He wants her in his bed and everything else. And so, um, so she ends up, it ends up that she finally does agree to go into his apartment, but she has to stay in the spare bedroom because she, she freaks out at night you know, if she wakes up and there's a man there, you know, and she doesn't know, you know, when you're coming out of a dream, you don't know where you are at first. And so they start to have like these, it's really sad. Like they start to get really intimate and they're slowly working through all of her triggers, but she still can't sleep in the same bed with him. And it's killing her because she knows it also hurts him. Like it hurts him to like walk away from her. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. But well, I mean, it's the desire to want to be normal, but you can't move past it until you're ready to move past it. You know what I'm saying? It's going to take time and it's going to take, you know, you're going to have some setbacks even whenever you feel like you're past it. Yeah. Um, And so Charlie just getting to the point where she's exhausted by her triggers and wanting to move on with her life and it's not realistic to just be like, I'll never have another trigger again once I, you know, can sleep sleep the full night away with him it's never going to be easy road but they're working towards it and and that's progress that she wants to get yeah. past it and wants to and that's you know normal want to say is that i feel like this was a very very realistic version of um a woman who's been abused like slowly gradually making progress and getting past um, because she, you know, you can get past that, but it, it takes time. It takes a lot of time. Um, yeah, it does. even in the end when we have that, you know, what, you know, what's great for healing is whenever Richard ends up by showing up at the apartment and Charlie <laughs> gets to bash him over the head with yes. her huge ass purse that Gabe always teases yes. her saying like her secret hobby is weightlifting because her purse <laughs> is so goddamn heavy. And she even makes a joke because she like kicks him in the balls and like Richard was there to like cause some damage. Yeah. She, like calls her a bitch has a knife and Gabe bends up by opening the elevator because he was like he was what was he doing downstairs oh he, he was getting a he coffee. was going to he and was going to the store to get coffee but he forgot she had put his wallet in her purse so he was coming back upstairs to get his wallet and I was yes. like that is such one yes. of those awesome like fate moments where you know something happens where it's supposed to she, she was handling it yeah she was handling it it's just nice that Gabe was there to, you know, yeah. knock the guy out. You know what I'm saying? I was Bust worried, some teeth I mean, up I was worried that she wouldn't be able to get into that elevator fast enough, though. She did kind of knock him down and, and kicked him in the balls. And I was so happy. No, but like I'm, I was, she needed to be able to do I that agree. to him. You yes. know what I'm saying? I was glad she, she needed to be able to hold her own. Yes. Yes. And I love when he gets 
I was so proud of her. Yes. It was exciting. um, Like punching him in the face so much he broke bones and stuff. Like I really like that part. Yes. (laughs) You know how I am. Juliet is the most bloodthirsty oh, woman. I swear. Awesome. I swear. It was so good, y'all. Um, <laughs> Crazy. What, I know I am. I know I am. So that night, I want to talk about, because this scene sort of sticks in my head, in that she goes to her room, and they're, like, holding each other and um, having an intimate moment. And he's just, like, devastated. He's like, I can't believe he was able to get up here. He's like, if he'd gotten you and she's like, it's fine. I'm fine. He's gone. He's gone for good now. You know, he's like broken any sort of, um, cause you have, obviously you have, there, there are things that are put on your record when you come out of prison. Like you can't go within certain feet of the person you tried to kill or whatever, you know, all those things. So, and he, so he's going back to jail, but, um, he leaves the bedroom. She's like, no, I want you to stay. He said, I can't, he said, I can't, you know, I can't, um, wake up and think that, you know, I hurt you again. He's like, not after tonight. So she's laying in bed a little bit later. And then he gets up and walks out and he's sitting right outside the room, like with his head in his hands. And I could just so visualize this, this look of despair, you know, like just fear that he was almost too late. Do you know what I mean? And, and that something could have happened to her. And it, I think it is just such a moment of, we see not that he didn't show how much he's loved her already, but that we just see this moment. How is like, she's my world and I can't stand this pain. She, she, she went through and that he almost was got her again. You know, it was just like too much for him. And so it ends up being her that sort of uh, talks him through it. It was a quiet, I guess you could say like a, not a throwaway moment, but something that wasn't seriously significant, but it just made such an impact on me because we see he's such a strong guy and we see him so vulnerable because of her, because he loves her so much from here. You guys, (laughs) I love, they decide she is not going to let this get her down. They are going to go. They're going to go out like to the gardens or something. He's, he wants to take her, to some special gardens which i really wanted to look this up online in new zealand it has to be really pretty um and they head on down there and um he ends up not proposing to her he tells her um she's gonna marry him and she sticks the ring on his finger i mean it's the the ring on her finger gabe proposal ever that she was like are you proposing to me like no and he was like no, I'm telling you, you're going to marry me and gives her the ring. And but my favorite part of the scene yeah. was that she takes the ring off and been like, no, no. I'm not marrying you right now. First of all, I want a better proposal than this. Yes. Shit. Oh, and the second of all, the prenup. let's talk about the prenup that he pulls out. Yeah. But <laughs> second of all, she wants to be able to sleep with him all night yes. before she accepts because she wants to be at that point. Right. Before right. they get married. Yeah. So that's part of it. And yeah, they talk about the prenup and stuff. And that definitely happens at the end. We'll talk about the prenup at the end whenever he proposes, you know, for real. So then we have we have several nights where it's like basically they start to try. They start to try to sleep through the night together, you know, and they wake up five times or, you know, and so it kind of goes back and forth. Yeah, because unconsciously, whenever Gabe's sleeping, he moves to touch Charlie. And sometimes he moves, like he just puts his hand on the back of her neck. And so, of course, she wakes up. But then 
he's like ready to like take it away and be like, I'm so sorry. Like I won't, I won't do it. And she's like, no, leave it there. Like I'm, it's Mm -hmm. almost like, you know, it's that aversion therapy where you, where you expose yourself to the things that you are afraid of. And, um, hopefully you'll eventually get used to it. And so that's what she's doing for herself. And so, you know, it's definitely rough for, some nights and they're not getting a lot of sleep but eventually it does i know i love how they they finally get to that place (laughs) and it's beautiful it's It's so beautiful and he immediately like sticks that ring back on her finger it's like here (laughs) yeah i love it so his his um his prenup his um part of his proposal is so hilarious because some of the things he lists are just so over the top he's like talking about how she can never take a ring off so that everyone will know and that charlie belongs and if any man hits on her then he has to tell she has to tell her husband so that her husband can kick his ass yes and then also you can only wear black lace panties and stuff like that just like some funny things you know um Yes, and just like we'll never argue or whatever. And she was like, um, no, we need to talk about this. And he was like, I was hoping you'd say that because okay. I love negotiating with you. It's just so funny. It like he loves the- he loves their playful banter, the way that she pushes back and she has a counter proposal about, you know, basically uh repeating everything that yes. he said. If, if a woman and- hits on um you, you shall tell your wife so that your wife can kick her ass. It's so adorable. It's so adorable. I can't even. It is so adorable. It's so cute. <sighs> I just love it. I love it. I love them as a couple. They totally fit. They're the opposites attract shy, yes. meek, um, Charlie Mouse and you know, big bad T Rex, and they just fit each other so well. I just love them to death. I, I cannot get over their beautiful romance yeah this this one just made this is i haven't reread it in a while this one just made me so happy i can't even express agree agree so let's do the showdown before we close out well mine what is your showdown mine was um the garden scene um and so this is the the other thing and they they the garden scene at the very end there's two things. There's sort of it's very serious, and then it gets very playful and sweet. But basically, um, he, she expresses she cannot deal with him if there be. She's like, I care about you. You cannot work yourself to death. I want a life with you. I don't want a life with you know you with these little fleeting moments where you come home in between, you know, late night meetings and stuff. And so he finally gets it, and that's when he proposes, and of course, and pulls out the prenup and all that. And I just loved the scene because Gabriel he's such a mature oh my god he's such a mature hero and that he doesn't get angry at her or whatever he sees what she's saying and listens and you know he fucking listens to his woman believe it or not you know and then it's like you know you're right and he agrees with her and that's when he's like okay I need you to be mine and so here take this ring you know and it's just I it was so like sweet and funny and wonderful like I just got all the every kind of feeling in that scene. And so Agree. that was okay. why it was my favorite. So what was your show? That's very, my favorite is whenever they're cooking together. I okay. How could it not be? <laughs> How could it not be? So first of all, I knew the whole cooking thing was a ploy because, yeah. you know, obviously there's no other woman mm-hmm. and 
but what makes the scene so great, not only like the, the sexual tension just being ratcheted up, but this is the point where he states his intentions very clearly that um, it's Charlie and it's, um, it's the turning point where Charlie cannot like, can no longer deny that she feels attracted to him uh-huh. and that these flirty moments are actually something a lot more. It's not just these harmless flirting moments. He actually plans on pursuing yes. her. And she's like, oh, yeah. you, you know better get saying? ready, girl, because he's coming for you. Yes. <laughs> it's just so good. He's such a good dirty talker. And I'm just like, this scene is everything mm-hmm. because I my heart was pounding again. I've read this book so many times that it just like Every single time he like decides to state his intentions, mm-hmm. it makes me so <laughs> insanely hot because I'm just like, this is awesome. <laughs> oh, I just love Gabe. That I just love great. him. I just he's he's definitely book boyfriend material. I just oh love gosh, yeah, everything mm-hmm. about him. I love. Oh him. yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm like, when do we make our next like top ten whatever favorite? <laughs> Yes, boyfriends yes. again. Exactly. Because there's so many. Oh, oh my goodness. There are so many. Oh, I love a good rugby team. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, we hope that you enjoyed today's episode and we look forward to the next one where we'll be discussing Halfway to the Grave by Janine Frost. Thanks so much for listening. This goes out to all the fangirls. Life's better with a little H E A.